The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Eric Kruger joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney. As we look at the the way this number is, I mean, it is a Monday. (laughs) It just seems like Mondays are always a Monday when it comes to trade action. But you brought up a good point, Eric, before we started the final bell was we need to look beyond our small bubble that we have in front of our combines. We need to look more beyond Nebraska and to the rest of the Midwest and really across the country. Yeah, we were just kind of talking about, you know, weather coming up here and we're starting to approach really the heart of harvest. And, you know, it's, it's pretty early to talk about any delays, but there's there's going to be some moisture coming in. And it sounds like, you know, if you look around here and you look elsewhere, we're having having some pretty good yields and really putting out there what the USDA thought, thought we could produce. And those delays definitely are hitting areas of northern Iowa and southern Minnesota as that rain kind of caught them off guard just at the start of their harvest. It, it has, but I think harvest has really picked up elsewhere. So I think, you know, we're, it's it's getting to the end of September. We're getting to where it's really a lot of guys are really getting on full bore. And hopefully we'll, have, we'll be able to see that weather clear up and we'll be able to get this crop out in a good time. And it is, of course, uh, the anticipation. I mean, I'm sure guys are watching social media just as much as you are to see if there's any early estimates of what yields are looking like across the country. Yeah, and you can always be careful with that because I think, you know, some people uh, put some unbelievable yields out there and some guys show their worst yields. So you got to take take both sides of that um, with, when it comes. But I think we know we're going to have a good crop. We're going to have a lot of beans. Uh, we're going to have a lot of corn. Um, but both of the uh, both of the supply and demand tables look a little different on those two crops, you know. And we're going to have a better look at that on Friday with, with grain stocks coming out, what we're bringing in to this harvest. But um, those numbers will kind of shake themselves out of the next month and a half you know that kind of made me chuckle because you talked about the best and the worst of the numbers and some folks feel that's kind of how the usda puts everything together (laughs) yeah Yeah, some people look at it that way that's for sure as we look at what we're seeing export number wise a weekly export inspections were on the strong side this last week for corn which is good news yeah, corn really has. We've had a solid export year. If you if you look coming in, really to coming into September, we're about a little over two percent above the five year average. So you know we've seen really on on today at one point during the session we're only about a half a cent from being twenty cents off of kind of that low area, that lower number we put in. Um, a week ago tomorrow. So, you know, is the low end? Everybody wants to ask that question. I don't know. If I knew, I'd tell you. But right now, uh, we're 20 cents off that. We've seen demand come in off that. So that's usually a good sign. But we've had an aggressive short covering in corn. And last week, we were able to close positive for the week. Um, but that's usually an ebb and flow, especially during harvest, um, as we'll see some pressure. But we're going to need the positive news to continue if we're going to continue to see corn grind higher like we've seen the last four sessions. And, you know, Eric, soybeans have kind of been in line where they normally are this time of year even with all the tariff issues going on they have and and we know we're gonna have a lot of soybeans it's a big crop and you know we were up last week for the week which was nice um but then of course this morning again there's more tariffs that did get put on china right back on us and i I think that's something that it just feels like we're so used to at this point the market digests it but i think it kind of helps cap any short covering or any momentum that the market gets there if we can see beans get above that 850 area maybe we could extend that a little bit but right now it just looks like um harvest is getting going we're gonna have a lot of supply 
in until we see more demand come in or resolution to more demand. Um, we're probably going to be capped a little bit. I read earlier this morning that China kind of lowered the tariffs on some of the neighboring countries. Does that mean they're trying to find a way to, to maybe pick up some beans from the U.S., but do it across the border with another country? I mean, they're going to need beans, so they're going to have to go somewhere to get them uh, in the near future. So I think that's kind of a resolution they might be looking for is, is finding a different avenue. But uh, one way or another, the, the world's going to need our beans. China's going to need our beans. So I, I think um, they'll find a way. Uh, that's usually how it works. Weekly Crop Progress Report comes out this afternoon. How much are you guys weighing in on these reports or is it just I, part of the fall now? Yeah, at this point, it kind of becomes part of the fall. You know, we didn't see quite as big as a break as we usually see um, in ratings into the end of the year here. But it looks like, you know, you can watch it a little bit just to see harvest progress, I think, um, as, as everybody gets going really across the belt. But at this point, uh, we know we've, we've got a, a big crop and it's just how big it ends up. Any early talks? Have you heard any rumblings coming out of South America? I know they're just into the early set uh, of planting underway, but I've heard that it's kind of dry down there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but they're getting underway. Um, it, it looks like the early estimates, you know, for Brazil are look for about a 2% increase in their, their soy area, which which would up their production a little bit, but um, they're getting going. Uh, it's, it's pretty early, maybe 10, 11% complete at this point. Well, looking at the wheat market, you made a comment before we started that it really needed to see a pickup when it comes to U.S. demand for this crop. Yeah, there's a, there's a pretty strong idea that we could see, you know, some, may, finally maybe see some exports really pick up and some demand over to the U.S. crop around the first of the year. And it's been nice to see. Wheat's had a nice move up 20, 30 cents off the recent lows here. And we got a close above 525 on front month wheat. So that's that's a little positive. But um, I think until until we see that demand pick up, we're going to be capped on, on some of these rallies that we're seeing. And it looks like globally there's some... I can't believe I'm saying this four-letter word, but there's some snow issues in Canada. Is that going to have an impact on their harvest in the global market? You know, that's that's it's funny to watch it and see it, but it is that time of year. And really, if you if you look back in the last you know the last decade here, we've, we're not that many weeks away from where we've seen snow here. So um, I don't think so unless that continues. But right now, you know, it's always it's always a, a shock to think that we're getting snow pretty close to us, not that far away. But I think um, that'll kind of clear itself out, and we usually seem to get those crops out. And of course, uh, the the global perspective, we had heard so much that there was a an increase, you know, earlier this year in the of wheat that was on the global marketplace now they're talking a glut are we going to find a kind of an even kilter for this wheat market um there's a little bit we're, we're watching australia pretty hard on their production they're starting to have some issues and going to see where that goes and then of course this back and forth with russia on what's going to be available for export and what they're going to keep um i think until those kind of shake out here we do know we've got plenty of wheat though so with the well stick around folks more of the fontanelle final bell comes up after this on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're being joined today by Eric Kruger of Smart Yield out of Kearney. And as we look, uh, more swine fever was found in China, northern part of China. So how does the market react to more cases being found and, and what does it mean globally? Well, I think it's continued to put some underlying support in this market. You know, if you really go back a month and a half ago, we had front month hogs, um, $13, $14 a hundredweight lower than we are right now. And I think um, there's been some underlying support from the swine flu. And we've seen some imports pick up into China and some other places, um, of course. 
uh, with our hogs. But, um, you know, cold storage out today, we'll see where that puts us. But right now, I think we've got a little bit of a premium right now in that front month hog contract. And we'll, we'll, we're going to see if that kind of comes back or if it, if it shakes out. But hogs are looking at fourth quarter production, um, looking at over 6% higher than last year, uh, last year's record, really. So it, it, there's probably going to be a cap here and where we can go with this short term. Are we going to see some decent prices, though, for these pork producers? You know, I, I step back and, uh, you know, in the $60 area, it feels a lot better in the $40 area. But um, if you go out to next summer, you know, we're still holding it, hanging in the $80 area, which helps. And I think that should be supported. Um, but up front here, if we can if we can kind of hang and, and hang above 60, that's that's probably a good, a good, pretty good place. What about for these tariffs? I mean, we continue to talk about them, the effects on the grain complex. But for these pork producers, it's been a tough ride as well. It has been a tough ride. And, and, you know, with the tariffs, you kind of look out, and it's a little different than over on the grain side. You look on, on the swine side here and get out into those deferred contracts, and there's still a good premium back in that market. So um, that, that's a nice thing to see, and there's it, we'll see where it goes from here. But right now, that premium is still there. Is the cattle complex, is that causing some pressure, at least on the nearby contracts for these lean hogs? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think you look at, you know, cattle on feed report. It's been well covered, of course, from Friday, but uh, a little bit bearish. And I think we saw that negative reaction to start today and then a, a little follow through and we stayed down. Um, but it's the time of year where really um, usually we might see cash increase. It looks like we might see a little counter seasonal where cash might break here into the fourth quarter just based solely on production. You look at hog production being up, beef production is going to be equally as high, um, five to six percent over last year. And I think that's going way on this market and i think really the front end of this market you get out to the deferred months and um you get through december december kind of took the brunt of this cattle on feed report but you get past february out to april and june and you know even even i guess february april holding a pretty good premium but those 120s on the live cattle side well those feeder cattle have continued i mean some strong triple digit pressure moved into their market early on today not the way you want to start out on monday but as you look at that pressure is it tied back to placements is it tied back to the cattle on feed report or is it just a monday blip on the radar yeah i think it is but i also i also step back and as a as a calf producer you step back and look at november or january calves and we, we're off a dollar 80 on november calves worse than that during the session january off a dollar 20 and change and worse than that during the session but it January calves are still hanging in this 154 area, November in this 156, 157 area. So there's really good profit there. Um, and we're, we encourage guys to take advantage of that right now. We're so close to being able to move to move those those critters that if, if we can uh, at least put a floor on, at least protect, um, there's nothing wrong with that. And, of course, I think a little bit different with livestock versus grain. There's even more emotion tied to these cattle when you go to move them and, and looking at prices. Yeah, there is, and it, and it's so it's so different because it's so local. There's it's such a local market, especially when you get to the calf side of things, where um, you know it just depends where you take them and where you're offsetting them. But if you can protect it on the board, um, you can at least guarantee yourself profit. And we kind of put them. And as I've had conversations with producers in the last couple of days, when you get so engrossed in harvest, you kind of forget about marketing those livestock because you're worried about getting that crop out of the field. Yeah, I think guys really do. They they can uh, they can get a little lackadaisical. I won't say lackadaisical because they know that it's going to be time soon. But I think the other side of that is guys need to be careful over at our harvest lows to look at your feeding cattle and make sure you protect that cost of gain, protect uh, those lower grain prices. Because on the corn side of it, on the feed side of it, it looks like we could see a pretty good 
increase um, into next year and the next spring and into next summer. And if we can protect a lower lower cost right now, um, that's something guys we encourage guys to really take advantage of. What are your thoughts about uh, jump back to the grains here quickly as they're taking those um, elevate or going to the elevators, taking the semis and the grain carts across the scale? What are some things that they need to keep in mind? Well, I think you need to keep in mind if you didn't have it forward contracted and you're taking the cash uh, across the scale or, or wherever it comes, um, I think you need to look at what it, what storage is going to cost you if you don't want to price it versus what it costs uh, to be able to reown it on paper. And I think um, guys need to just look at that and make it make an educated decision. If you do own it, make sure you give yourself enough time. Um, but if you just look at the stocks to use and just I'm just talking corn here, it looks like there should be a, a decent opportunity if we can see um, see some exports. And see some demand come in if you get into next spring and, and early summer next year and we can get that normal move up it might be a good time with volatility low to put some put some risk back on the table a little bit what's the best way to reach you guys eric uh, they can call us at 308-234-6805 or check us out online at mysmartyield.com. and that is the fontanelle final bell being brought to you by fontanelle and all your local fontanelle dealers you're listening to the rural radio network